At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody's making the call to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like everybody, you know, everything you see on social media is start your own business, start your own business. This is how you set up your LLC. This is how you do it, which is great. But what is difficult is if you've got that great idea and you, yes, you set up the foundation of the business, but you don't know how to run the business. Yes. All of the keys, in my opinion, are not being talked about. Listen, y'all, I'm so very excited for this episode. You really want to make sure you hear these nuggets here for two major reasons. So reason number one is because our guest today, she is a part of an organization that they are partnered with different companies that are looking for diversity, looking to hire people that have certain skills. So she's going to break that down. So that way, many of you will have a major opportunity to be able to look into the organization she's a part of and be able to get some amazing jobs in the tech industry. That's reason number one that you need to stick around to the end. Reason number two is because we talk a lot about six-figure careers in tech, making this huge bag, all that good stuff, but she also is going to be able to break down some careers that we've never talked about that are go unspoken that you need to check out, as well as how to actually get seven figures in this space and potentially even more. So please make sure y'all have y'all notepads out. Make sure you are ready for this conversation because this is going to impact so many of you. Uh, As always, make sure y'all leave a like, you know, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff so that way you're able to be able to re-watch this later. The algorithm will re-remind you of it if you don't get to finish it. Uh, other than that, let's go ahead and get into this interview for y'all. So Atissa, I'm so excited for you to be on Tech as a New Black. Thanks for having me, Cyrus. So we met at InvestFest recently. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of people there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people for, for us to, mm-hmm. to, to meet and, and uh, talk to. And I can say, hands down, you're the person I was most excited to meet. I had told you recently that I was trying to remember. I could not think of your name. <laughs> yes. And then you messaged me on LinkedIn as we were actually starting to finalize our guest list for mm-hmm. uh, for the for the recording. And literally, as soon as I saw, I got so excited. I was like, "Yo!" I was I was literally going through my text messages like, "Yo, what is her name?" Like, we, you know, because I knew I had texted you. So, yep. so I'm very excited, y'all. This is going to be a huge blessing for y'all. Y'all can already see how eager and excited I am to uh, to, to interview her. Uh, so again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So let's get into it. Let's get into yes. it. Yes. All right. So. Uh, you shared with me before a statistic about small businesses from the Inc. 1000 list, mm-hmm. a statistic that actually was incredibly startling to me. Yeah. Uh, so can you exp- explain to people what that statistic was yeah. and break down for everyone like what that means? Yeah. So basically, and I'm going to paraphrase um, the article, but it was about how you know, there's this list of all these wonderful small businesses. They, you know, they're out the gates with a bang, but how they don't survive. So Mm. some of the things that you see with the larger organizations, they have a lot of support, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. A lot of small businesses, you know, these are people with fantastic ideas. You know, they may have uh, some 
knowledge of their expertise, so whatever that niche is for their business, but they don't know how to run a business. And so they suffer, right? At a certain point, you can be making, you know, money, your company is doing really well, and then you hit a wall. And I think every entrepreneur of a small business hits that wall. It's overwhelming. You're wearing all of the hats, and then you have to all of a sudden (laughs) kind of start to delegate, and it's hard, um, as well as your business can suffer. Because you're trying to do all the things. So if you are the talent for the business, you don't want to have to be, you know, the cook, the order taker, you know, the supplier, you know, um, the person who does the customer service. Like it gets to be quite overwhelming and a lot of entrepreneurs either burn out or the business actually just suffers and kind of, you know dies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really serious thing that I think most people don't think about. Like most people what I've noticed is that they'll say, "Well, yeah, I have this amazing idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to grow it. I'll figure out how to do all that other stuff." But mm-hmm. like you mentioned, when you're the talent or you're the idealist or you're the visionary or you're yeah. the CEO, it's almost impossible to do all of those other pieces. Yeah. And you know, I mean, one of the things, even even with Tech is a New Black, you know, there's been plenty of times, you know, Rhea, uh, who's, you know, y'all know Rhea's a part of the mm-hmm. team, she's behind the scenes right now, Rhea mm-hmm. has communicated to me like, yo, Cyrus, you need to give me some of these tasks of things that you're doing. Yeah. And so that delegation piece, uh, most people don't realize actually how hard that is yeah. uh, and kind of navigating uh, all of those components. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, since most of us are not owners of these big companies, these corporations mm-hmm. that have all of these systems in place, it makes sense. I know the uh, the, the statistic, because uh, I, I looked it up after you had told mm-hmm. me about it, it was saying 65% mm-hmm. of our businesses do not survive, yeah. you know, like after the first year, the second year, and that's, that's a higher percentage than the businesses for many of our counterparts when it comes to the failure rate. Well, and that's the thing. I think that people of color, ours are probably suffering even more, mm-hmm. which is why it lit a fire for me like yeah like I mean everybody's making the call to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. like everybody you know everything you see on social media is start your own business start your own business this is how you set up your LLC this is how you do which is great I have nothing against that but what is difficult is if you've got that great idea and Mm -hmm. you yes you set up the foundation of the business Mm -hmm. properly but you don't know how to run the business yes (laughs) it's like so all of the keys, in my opinion, are not being talked about. I yeah. hear like, oh, we, uh, messages targeted toward the CEO, like just the CEO. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, but the CEO works with a team of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and some of the CEOs, first time in that role, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've never had all of these responsibilities being in charge of the hiring and the firing and making the decisions for mm-hmm. the next stage of the business, as well as the day-to-day operations. Mm-hmm. And so... I believe, you know, when a business is making some money, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to say you can do this starting out the gate, but I do believe if your business is making 50 to a hundred thousand dollars a year, your business, Mm -hmm. right? You should now start to incorporate some systems and processes and people Mm -hmm. that can help you scale. If that is your intention Mm -hmm. to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, Eric, uh, who y'all know, Eric is uh, the our video yeah. and media director. I mean, he's right here behind me. <laughs> so uh, one of the things, uh, Eric is like such a high level of videographer. He works with a he's work works with and has worked with many of the different you know influencer course creators. You know people that are financial yeah. gurus. He's been the videographer over the conferences and events. 
And he's seen some people that are legitimate. He's seen a few ones that are legitimate. And he also has seen many of them that are on some weird shady stuff <laughs> yeah. and talking about all this money. But then they're trying to nickel and dime paying people. Or they're not paying the people they're supposed to pay, you yeah. know, even when it comes to like himself or other staff. And one of the things that he said multiple times, he always brings up the LLC thing. He's like, yeah. I'm so sick and tired of these people <laughs> telling me to go get an LLC. <laughs> yes, and do it's this everywhere. And do it. He probably wish he was on mic right now, but that's his fault because he ain't want to be on mic uh, for this recording. So I. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's yeah. something that uh, something that he's talked about a lot. So um, so really happy for you uh, for you addressing that. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. Um. So man, there's so much. Uh, I'm really excited uh, about this conversation, especially this next point. So let us know in the comments if y'all are aware. If y'all know who Keith Lee is, uh, of course he's a he's a food critic, you know, mm -hmm. on paper. But honestly, I think he's much more than a, mm -hmm. a food critic. I mean, he's a huge powerhouse right now. Yeah. Uh, it's so interesting that the, the era that we're in, where you can have a, a a phone and a tripod, or maybe not even a tripod, and you could basically be a media company or yeah. be. Uh, it's, it's just really interesting yeah. times. But uh, let us know in the comments if y'all are familiar with what happened when he was either in Atlanta or in New York, mm -hmm. where, of course, he goes to different cities, takes out popular food spots, gives his his feedback. I'm not as familiar with him as most people are, but from my vantage point, I'm like, I don't feel like he's as much of a food critic as much as he might be more of a business critic, yeah. you know? And, and again, he's a, he seems like a really like, like sweetheart of a dude. He seems really yeah. nice, really genuine. Uh, I, have, I don't have anything negative to say, but when, so when I say critic, I know that can almost sound like a derogatory term, but really usually he's, he's boisting up businesses and yeah. generating them a lot of business. Yeah. But within his honesty, he gracefully addresses some of the flaws and mistakes within those businesses. Yep. And so Atlanta got their butt kicks when he came here. And I heard recently New York did, too, when he was up in New York. And so we had talked about this offline about how that is a bit of a reflection of some of the pieces, uh, some of the components that you have expertise in. Yeah. So can yeah. you share with everyone some of the things that you were talking about where you believe a lot of these small black businesses, restaurants what they're lacking that causes some of those mistakes that he was yeah. calling out. Yeah, it's like I said in the beginning. They are, and this is, I think, the beautiful thing about small businesses and the existence of them, people have been able to raise their families, create generational wealth, the ones that have been able to scale and to sustain, you know, even mm -hmm. if they don't want multiple restaurants, you mm -hmm. know, maybe not everybody wants that. They just want that one and they want that one to be consistent enough mm -hmm. to take care of their families. You, we've seen that we've patronized, yeah. you know, all those kinds of establishments. I think one of the interesting things about what Keith Lee experience even in the backlash of it was when I heard his comments it was really more around well you were supposed to be open at blah 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 time yeah. but you were not mm -hmm. and so as a person who is like on Yelp or you know just thinking that I can come to your business during normal business hours mm -hmm. and it's not open and operational yeah. yeah that would be concerning or you run out of items and this is not a, I'm in the service business, so it's not a thing on the example is restaurants, mm -hmm. but it's not a dig at restaurants. It's the example that we're using to bring home the point mm -hmm. of the operational piece. Typically, yeah. people that are running those establishments are doing or making the decisions on everything. It's mm -hmm. a lot, yeah. you know, and I think that 
quite often we may not spend enough with a business consultant, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with someone, you know, who can coach us and help us to be able to delegate some of those um, operational tasks so that someone else's job is to make sure the door is open at 9 a.m., you know, to accept customers. Someone else's job is, you know, to do the payroll. Someone else's job is, you know, to do the ordering of the supplies, et cetera, et cetera. So, Sometimes it's not necessarily outside of the business. It may be delegating additional responsibilities and, you know, paying a person who's already invested in your business to take on some new responsibilities so that you don't have to. And then holding them accountable, you know, to be able to do those things. But it could be something like that. Yeah. just as an example. Yeah, yeah that's so important. Uh I mean, let, let us know in the comments if y'all have ever experienced some businesses where you can tell that their problem wasn't the food, if it was a restaurant, or their problem wasn't their merch, if it was some yeah. type of uh, like clothing brand company, but that their problem was their, their systems mm-hmm. or maybe their customer service or something else that, that you noticed. You know, because, uh, yeah, we, we've all been seeing this. And, uh, I mean, we're incredibly talented. Like, we're incredibly yeah. gifted when it comes to yes. all of those things. Mm-hmm. Whenever we touch something, even if it's tech, even if it's starting, mm-hmm. a, uh, coming up with an amazing technology or AI idea, we're incredible when it comes to that. But those other pieces, those pieces that you're skilled in, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more uh, in a moment, but those pieces you're skilled in are seem to be the, the components that we're truly lacking. Yeah. Uh, so... Now, we talk about tech careers, and uh, Texas New Black, y'all know we're always talking about these high-paying careers in technology, but when I was at InvestFest, and when we uh, when we connected and we're talking, you were like, yo, Cyrus, look, <laughs> I see some of the stuff you're doing, yeah. it's cool, but you're not talking about these other careers, these yeah. other jobs where people could make this other kind of money. Yep. And yep. I'm like, yo, tell me, like, put yes. me on. So, so look, can you please, like, put me on. Yes. Put the people on. <laughs> tell us so that way we know about other opportunities that are in this space. Absolutely. So one of the things, and I love this about your show, I mean, because what you're doing is you're showing at an entry level, hey, you want an entry in in six, you know, 12 months, mm-hmm. you can do it. Like, mm-hmm. if this is, you know, where you want to leap, you have some experience working, (laughs) you know, you can actually do these boot camps and actually get several feet ahead. And I think that's a beautiful thing. One of the things that when we met, I was like, oh my goodness, I was like, you don't talk about my kind of role. And so I've been in tech for, um, 25 ish years. I'm dating myself a little bit, but that's okay. It's to drive home the point that I have seen the roles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have friends who are in the roles. So yes, there are the um, uh, the business development representatives. That's a great entry point. So the business development representative is going to come in and they're going to, you know, message the business to, you know, would be customers. So they may use lists like everybody else uses, you know, um, that are basically companies that would be in your space and potentially a, a customer. So yeah. Dun and Bradstreet might be a yeah. list that they can buy. They can buy some things from LexisNexis. Now these are big organizations, but mm. there are smaller lists available out there that can be purchased. Business development representatives mm. may farm that list. So okay. they would be the ones who are cold calling them yeah. and trying to do a warm introduction. Or you were on um, a business's website. They know exactly that you visited their 
website and then someone follows up with a phone call to you. I yeah. saw you were very interested. What questions can I answer for you? So business mm -hmm. development representatives, I don't see that a ton. There's also, for me, I have friends who are in events, um, wonderful friends who do events for these large corporations. And I think that there are people out here doing events all the time. And you may not have known that organizations in tech, yeah. they do events too. They do yes. big conferences, but so they have their annual conferences mm -hmm. and some companies it's global. But in addition to that, they do smaller events yes. in cities just to try and bring like-minded individuals together yeah. that are interested in their kind of business. Yeah all the time. So those yeah. are event planners, you know, mm -hmm. event planners, there's event managers. Yeah. Um, if, if I can interject really yeah. quickly. Uh, so first off, Rhea, I, whenever we go into events, I'll be telling her, I'm like, yo, Rhea, a lot of these tech companies that's here, they, they got events. Yeah. I actually have a homegirl who she's the, I, I don't want to mistitle her role, uh, but one of her roles with, uh, with Amazon, it's either Amazon or AWS, but mm -hmm. same thing, basically. She is like essentially like their events coordinator yeah. and events manager. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like they're having events. Like she sends me events that Amazon is having. Yeah. Like cool, cool events. Either it's an event that's just Amazon. Oh, yeah. Or it's events where it's like, hey, this is just for everybody who wants to get a ticket. But Amazon is this is an Amazon event, though. Yeah. And I mean, those events are popping yeah. and, and she is like directly over it. Yeah. And so to that point, it's like, man, that is something where I never really thought like, yo, the bag that could be got from that or yeah. just the opportunity that's in that yeah. space. I've talked to like Rhea about that a little bit, but again, not from a, a angle of, I know that's, I actually know that's a career, just more mm -hmm. off of like all of these companies have several events throughout the year oh, God, and yeah. they they're paying like they're paying money they want someone yeah. to do things right mm -hmm. and so i didn't realize that that was actually like and they want in-house talent even though they might hire companies yeah. to support so they may hire mm -hmm. media companies and things like that but even social media they're all of these large companies that you know of have social media people yeah like they now like have incorporated that into their business mm -hmm. like we have to have in-house someone who only focuses on our social media exposure mm -hmm. so you have people who are social media specialists we have videographers you know they do yeah. all of the think in terms of those events come with a lot of advertising right mm -hmm. so all of those videos a lot of times are being shot in-house mm -hmm. in studios you know that these companies have where they bring their people in they interview them about their subject and you know they put that push that out there so yeah. there's videographers there's the social media um, experts the business development representatives um, I talked about the events folks there's also operational people which is more so my forte so yeah. if you are analytical um, there's always what I would say uh, you know analysts that can mm -hmm. kind of come in for sales teams, for customer teams, all of the things that are happening in and around the company mm -hmm. are analyzed, right? They're big yeah. misses. All they're trying to figure out is how to get more. <laughs> so how do you get more? You get someone who knows how to work the numbers. Mm -hmm. So if math is your thing and you're like, you know what, I, I, I can do, you know, analysts, those are sometimes entry level or maybe mid level okay. roles to be able to be um, an analyst for, we have them for sales teams. We we have mm -hmm. them for um, accounting and finance. Mm -hmm. We have uh, all kind of operational support throughout the business. So every single department has an operational support person mm -hmm. that is helping to work. Those are mid-level, sometimes entry-level. It depends on what your background is that people can um, get into. So 
I often think my role is more hybrid. So mm-hmm. I think I shared with you, I'm usually kind of behind the camera yeah, yeah. doing some of the production for a particular team within our organization. So mm-hmm. I work with the leader of that team. I keep my ear to the ground on what's hot within our company and what we should be discussing for that particular audience. Yeah. And then I go and do all the work and I just mm-hmm. present, you know, to him, Hey, here's what we should do. Yeah. You know, you like it, you don't like it. What do you want more of? And we mm-hmm. work that out. And then we, you know, once a month we bring together a very large global organization to view that content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, let me know if, if, if y'all agree or if you think I'm tripping in the comments. If I had have known about this stuff, like <laughs> I, I love what I've done in tech. Yeah. Uh, I thank God for it. But I'm like, yo, if I had known about some of these things, I probably would have looked into some of the stuff you're talking about right now. Because, yeah. yeah, these are some pretty cool things. Well, and what's interesting is I kind of stumbled into tech. Like it was yeah. not, I'm like, Every, I was not looking for it because typically what I was thinking was engineering, yeah. developers, those are the people that do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there's a whole company. And so for a whole company, you need those roles as well. Yeah. And you need more of them in a tech company than any other company. Mm-hmm. But there's all these other roles that have to support the business. Yeah. And so it's like if we think about it like that, like you will see that there are more opportunities than you ever could have imagined, Mm -hmm. you know, that are available and looking for diverse talent, because that's the other piece. I think Mm -hmm. we all know after George Floyd, all kinds of initiatives went out throughout, you know, global companies to Mm -hmm. try and beef up their diversity. Yeah. Right. Take advantage of it. Yes. <laughs> you know, go and start to put your hat in yeah, the While ring. it's here, please yeah, take advantage take of it. Yeah, take advantage of it. There are these opportunities. They are looking, you know, to fill mm. them. I mean, I'm not going to say you can't be qualified. you got to have something you bring into the table. But, mm. yeah. If you're interested in breaking into a six-figure career in tech or scaling to over half a million dollars in tech, then this video is for you. If not, then just swipe away. But I was able to break into the tech industry October 2021, and in my first year, I scaled to over half a million dollars in tech. My second year, I was able to gross over a million dollars. More importantly, I was able to freely help over 600 people break into six-figure tech careers as well and scale further in the industry. Now, the number one question I've been getting from people is how was I able to do this? How was I able to make so much money? How was I able to also help as many people as I've been able to help? Well, aside from doing coaching calls and trying to spend a whole bunch of time helping people individually, I've decided to create the Tech Rich Program, where I literally break every single thing down that I've done and what I've been doing to show others how they can break into tech faster or scale to over half a million dollars plus within their first few years in the tech industry as well. All you got to do, click the link in my bio. All the information is there. Check out the description. Message me if you have any other questions. And I'll see you on your journey scaling in tech. Yo, I love so much that you say that because I kind of think of it kind of a bit like the military effect mm. is what I is what I think about or what I call it. Where like I served in the Marine Corps mm. and I remember when I joined the Marine Corps, you know, everyone in my hood was like, man, you going they going to put you on the front lines. You know, you're going to, you know, be made unalive. You know, we can't say certain words because mm-hmm. but they're going to unalive you, whatever. And I was like, yo, I'm literally just I'm going to be an ammo tech. I literally just work in the supply warehouse. I'm not going to see no action. Right. But I realized I said, oh, people assume that if you're in the military, you automatically are a grunt or you're going to be yeah. on the front lines. But it's, I know the majority of jobs in the military 
are supporting the killers mm-hmm. like literally like your support for the killers <laughs> and you know like you have to have cooks that are military yes. you have to have admin you yes. have to have all of these variety of roles yeah. you have to have the drivers that bring the stuff and drop drop it off yeah and the same thing is the case for tech is what i realized or this industry where a lot of us think you know hey man if tech you have to be doing something technical well just like yeah. you mentioned no, everything surrounding it is still necessary. Yeah. But also yeah. the beauty of it is that this industry tends to pay better for yeah. the same role that if you were in a different industry, you'll be paid significantly less for it. Yes. So so I love <laughs> you kind of hitting on those different pieces yeah. uh, in that that same vein. So you are a bit of a hybrid where you are a, you know, high up in, in tech, high up in corporate. You've been killing it, crushing it. But on the flip side, you also are a business owner as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the most interesting things that I've noticed in the past few years is that, you know, the buzzword is entrepreneurship. Everyone's like, entrepreneurship, <laughs> entrepreneurship, be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But you mentioned something to me when we had talked before, which is entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. something that people don't talk about. Yes. Like, you know, when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that at yeah. one point, but no one talks about that. Yeah. Can you explain to people uh, what entrepreneurship is yep. and how it can actually benefit them in a major way when it comes to their business. Yep. So I think the, and I did a presentation at um, a, a university in California about this and to some um, would-be college students. Because mm-hmm. I think that quite often everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. I did not want to initially. I was very comfortable excelling in tech, um, you know, very diverse roles as well as upward trajectory, mm-hmm. right? So it comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I wasn't like, oh, you know what? I'm stagnant. I was not stagnant. And so I think what it took me a long time to understand is how I approach work okay. is really similar to an entrepreneur. So no matter what my patch ends up being, um, you know, with my role, I see it as my thing. All of the pieces, how I communicate with people, how I do the actual work, the efficiencies that I try, you know, to instill in the rigor of the work, all of that is that entrepreneur thing. So I'm working for this corporation. I have this thing in me that is in the vein of entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. right? But I I'm not ready to have all of the guardrails removed from around me. Mm -hmm. So it's a safe space in Mm -hmm. a corporation, in a tech corporation, because for me in a tech corporation, I was always able to wear many hats. So the exposure to lots of different types of things was available to me. And I always took those opportunities on with like, oh, this is my thing. Mm -hmm. And how am I going to work my thing? Mm -hmm. And so that's that entrepreneur piece. It's you have this insight and um, responsibility of ownership of what you do in a corporation, right? It's your thing. You're very passionate about it. You want to do a great job. You bring results to your organization. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the same characteristics that entrepreneurs need. Maybe not all, but they are some of the same. That ownership piece, that innovative piece to take whatever your thing is and make it grow and make it, you know, bring results, Mm -hmm. right? I'm bringing the results for the organization and an entrepreneur, you bring the results for yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I have the corporate package Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the entrepreneur world 
you've got to formulate a corporate, you know, your package. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's on you for how that package is formulated. So mm-hmm. that's if it, the most simplistic way of thinking in terms of an entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur. Okay, so you've helped several companies when it comes to their their systems and processes and kind of organizing yeah. and tightening things up. You're aware of a lot of the flaws that are happening when it comes to a variety of businesses, yeah. not just not just sure. uh, small black businesses, but many small black mm-hmm. many small businesses in general. You you've created something to help to 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 fix the the problem or provide a solution yeah. for a lot of these small businesses. Can you please tell everyone about about your business sure. and how it would help? Honestly, because we have a lot of startup founders uh, that watch Tech is a New Black mm-hmm. and a lot of aspiring founders that watch. And again, the goal is for people to be successful. Yeah. And so can you please talk about what you have created and how it's going to be helping businesses? Yeah. So the article that you mentioned in the very beginning yeah. and, you know, struck a chord within me, just like, why are these small businesses not doing so well? I've worked mm-hmm. for a lot of large organizations. I see the machine. I yeah. work within the machine. I'm a part of that, you know, <laughs> that machine. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of friends that are in the same boat as I am. Um, One of the things that I wanted to do as I saw the statistic, which basically says that, you know, numerous small businesses start out great, but they don't actually make it to the next level. So Mm -hmm. maybe year two, year three, they start to struggle. Sometimes even before then, if what they've got is innovative and, you know, lots of people are excited about it and it's moving really fast, they could, you know, reach those thresholds a lot sooner. So what tends to happen is because they're wearing all the hats, the entrepreneur, um, the leader of the organization, even if they don't call themselves that, they want to be the president or whatever um they're wearing a lot of hats they burn out (laughs) they they burn out it's overwhelming it's definitely not something that can be sustained Mm -hmm. over a long period of time so what i wanted to do is let me come in let's assess where you are Mm -hmm. have you ever had someone come in and assess where you are look at all of the different things do an assessment have you answer a questionnaire talk about what your goals are what you're trying to get to and where you think the thing is and then have an outside person come in and actually assess where you actually are big businesses do this all the Mm -hmm. time i have done assessments in the business that we're a part of where i've done a full um sometimes swot analysis i guess and looked at all of the various ways in which we are currently solving a problem, Mm -hmm. and then the opportunities or gaps for how we're solving that problem that are not getting us the results that we want to get. I wanna ask something that uh, I wasn't planning on asking, but in the the midst of hearing you talk about this, it's like genuine curiosity. And let me know in the comments if y'all, when I ask this question, let me know if y'all like, yo, I was wondering the same thing. Can you give like any examples of something that you've done with an organization, a scenario or something that you've seen? Yeah. So actually one assessment that I just recently done is for, uh, she's an independent therapist and she has a practice Mm -hmm. basically. So she has, you know, um, exposure to government contracts Mm -hmm. and, you know, private clients, um, all the things she does, her own courses and all these different things. And so one of the things that I had her do is, hey, do the assessment. Mm-hmm. I came in, I talked to her, I listened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I am a big proponent of coaching because I think there's not a time where you can actually just have someone just listen to you without 
positioning something, you know, (laughs) you know, and coaching, um, allows for that. So at any rate, we do the assessment and it's like, Hey, here's actually where you should start. So that very thing that I've been talking about, this small business owner wearing all of the hats, I mean, exasperated by all of the stuff, but Mm -hmm. wanting and knowing that what you have is meant to be successful. Like the desire and the fire, all there. Mm -hmm. All that operational stuff that they'd rather not be doing is bogging them down. And so what I said is you're a gift to your business. Like you are the gift to your business, but the current way you're operating is not in the gift way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's in the so, in a, in a yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a survival way. Okay. Honestly, you're just trying to survive and like make this thing grow and, you know, have something substantial. Yeah. And so conversations, I think, with the person yielded that um I was right. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, I was right. No, but not to boast about it, yeah. but just the assessment. It's mm-hmm. like someone outside looking in. You're like entrenched in it. Yeah. It is, you're living, you're breathing it. I am someone who's from the outside who can come mm-hmm. in. And what the business that we were talking about, Bravara, does is comes in and starts with that assessment yeah. and then breaks down with the services that we offer, which are project management, instructional design, administrative support operational support breaks down our area of expertise where we see that you can benefit. Yeah. Right. And then gives you a scope of work that matches to what we believe you should start at, Okay, you know, to have the maximum value because no one is wanting to like, you know, it's hard, mm-hmm. right? So you want to be like, what is going to get me bang for my buck? And exactly. what, if I do this, is going to allow me to do more of the thing that brings in more revenue. Yeah. That's what big businesses are doing all the time. Mm-hmm. They want to stop the things that are not bringing in the revenue, and they want to do the things that are more revenue generating, yeah. right? But some of those things, like we talked about that military example of mm-hmm. all of these supporting cast members around the organization, they still need to be done. Yeah. <laughs> you can't like not do them or you won't survive either. Mm -hmm. So it's being able to clear out a bit of that dust. And with Bravara, we can come in, we can do the assessment, we can do that for you. And then we can set up the system and process so that you can delegate it to someone within your organization you think is able to do it. We can support you for a period of time and then we're out. Right. Or we can stay on long term and we can help you go to the next thing, the second priority on your list. And I'm doing this already in the organizations that I work for. I help Mm -hmm. to launch products. So we're constantly figuring out what needs to be done, who needs to know, what's our process for actually getting it done and for getting to results. I'm curious is I was looking on your LinkedIn So for those that are listening that might be saying, man, you know, I would love to eventually have a career like yours. I would love to eventually pursue that route. Mm -hmm. Uh, Please don't try to do it out the gate because we see a lot of people throwing stuff up saying I'm a business consultant, like hire me to consult you for years. It's like you've never helped a business scale and you've never had a business. You should have one of those. I'm I'm, I'm getting on my, I'm I'm getting a little (laughs) upset. I'm thinking about, I actually have like somebody that I was cool with where I she never had a business and never worked in corporate, never, never did a quarter of the resume that you have. And then she posted online saying like, hi guys, book me to consult you for your business. I was like, what (laughs) are you doing? Yeah. yeah. I was like, please don't turn to a scammer. I don't turn to one of these people. I was like, please don't do that. I was like, look, I was like, just hit me up if you know, if you need a little, you know, a little $5. I I don't know if I'm more than $5, but, uh, but no, uh, jokes aside though, 
would you suggest project management for someone's like okay they want to start to at least build themselves up to go a path like yourself yeah so and here's the thing with project management everybody does project management okay so yes there are certifications for mm-hmm. project management and it is a specialty and a discipline so yeah. i will first say that um that is true however everything that you're doing is a project so you're okay. you have some of the components it's like what i was talking about with the entrepreneur versus the entrepreneur you're already like you got to you know you know you have a big event coming up you know there's 15 different tasks that you've got to do in order to make that event happen mm-hmm. The event is the project. <laughs> it has a beginning and it has an end, mm-hmm. right? You're starting it with nothing. And then by the end, you've got a full-fledged event that hopefully you're proud of and does what you want it to do. Yeah. So yes, I do believe for people who are detailed, because I'm gonna say, I think if you're not so detailed, project management might not be your thing. Start mm-hmm. in one of the other things maybe that I talked about. But if you're very detailed and you are good at I like to reverse engineer things. So I look at what is the complex problem? This is what I'm doing day to day and have been for many years. What is the complex problem that we're trying to solve for? Oh, okay, and then when do we need that done by? Okay, who do I need to work with? Okay, what steps do I need to take? Do we have everything we need? Do we need to go out and get more, you know, talent or help in order to actually get done what we need to get done. Mm-hmm. That's how I think. Yeah. That is not how everybody else thinks mm-hmm. and I am I'm aware of that. Yeah. But that is why Bravara is my gift, mm-hmm. right? Because that is very easy for me to get to. It's yeah. not something that's a stretch. One of the most in-demand roles in tech right now is project management. Don't believe me, you can look this up yourself, that the labor market research from PMI states that between now and the year 2027, there is a need for 88 million project management roles, incredible demand. But not only is project management in high demand, it's paying on average $120,000 a year. So we're very excited to say that we recently partnered with a company called Anu Consulting. They specialize in project management certification. So for everyone that does their boot camp, not only are they educated in giving resources and mentorship, but also they are become certified in PMP as a project manager. So we're encouraging everyone to use our discount link, which is Cyrus 300. They're giving us that link for our audience so that way you can get $300 off whichever one of their courses that you choose, whether it's the five-week course or the exhaustive weekend course that they have. So keep us posted on your journey breaking into tech as a project manager. I, I, I love that. Look, let us know if y'all getting a lot of value from this conversation. If, look, I'm getting something out of this straight <laughs> up. We are planning an event in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been kind of wrestling with, you know, we see a lot of different tech events. And, you know, shouts out to all the different tech events that are happening. We love them, support them. They are needed. Mm-hmm. But one of the recurring themes that I've been seeing with a lot of them is that, man, most of them are geared towards, all of the ones I've seen are geared towards, you know, helping people get jobs in tech, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, a tech event can't determine the market. And a tech event, furthermore, because there's always companies that are hiring, but a tech mm-hmm. event can't determine the companies that sponsor them being also companies that are hiring. So what I'm noticing is that a lot of people go to these tech events and it'll be a, a plethora of tech companies there. And all of the companies mm-hmm. will be like, oh, we're not hiring for any of the roles that the majority of us are trying to get in on. Yeah. And so it just creates frustration. People are like, man, I paid $500, mm-hmm. you know, $800. I, I caught a flight, got a hotel. Yeah. I just spent $1,500 of money I don't have to come to this event. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really just here just to party, you know, and to see people that's making more money than me that's in tech. Mm-hmm. And just to be like, okay, hopefully I'll be there someday. <laughs> yeah. And 
I've been seeing it more and more. And we as a team, we're talking collectively. We're like, okay, but we... Because we have we have, we have a, a large audience, and our background is in is in doing events uh, before even starting the podcast. This was yeah. actually the new thing for us. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, we we know how to do events, we know how to market them, we can get a lot yeah. of people there. But our hesitation has been like, man, we don't want to do a, a big event if it's it's like, what value are we going to bring people? There's a lot of people right now where they're yeah. making a lot of they're making millions of dollars yeah. from doing tech events. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what value are you truly bringing people? Yeah. You know. And that's something we were wrestling with and we were thinking through it. And one thing I've started to notice is I've gone to more and more events. This kind of lines up with kind of just you, your heart, your vision and what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. is that's like, yo, I'm meeting a lot of black and brown tech founders mm-hmm. that don't actually know how to build a business. Yeah. Now, they have an amazing idea. They'll partner with a developer or two. They might partner with a marketing person. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to those other components, you know, or they might not know anything about marketing. Or they'll say, I have a marketing person, but really they're just posting stuff on social media. You don't have a marketing person. Like, they don't have your your, your pixels and they they don't know how to, like, like they don't know all the components that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, yo, we want to do something to where it's, you know, instead of just, we help a lot of people get in tech, but it's like, yo, what if we could do something that can service aspiring and start, like aspiring founders and yeah. current startup founders mm-hmm. as well. And so I know I talked to you a little bit on, on the, uh, the back end. We'll talk some more to see if there's an opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. like if it makes sense for you yeah. uh, to possibly come and speak. Uh, because, I mean, the things that you're doing are incredibly valuable and necessary uh, for startup founders. Because that's the way we truly get wealth. Yeah. You know, again, we talk about, I'm here for the six figures. If that's all you want, 100% totally. <laughs> Look, if all you want is $50,000, praise right. God, God bless you. That's cool. Yeah. That ain't my ministry. Street, but that's you cool run with it but it's like man if we really truly want to build wealth and this actually you know i wasn't even thinking about this but this actually leans directly into uh into the next question uh, so many of us we care about the six figures but many of our counterparts are leveraging things like equity to walk away with seven and eight figures yeah you know and then of course they'll take the equity they'll partner together say hey we have all the pieces we need the money we need to now start our own business and yeah. blah blah that's a whole nother piece but we pull back real quick what is equity how I'm can sure. we take advantage of it and what's the kind of money that can be made from it yeah so equity is huge mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i have been a part of the first tech company that I worked for, I think I was like employee number 50-ish. Mm-hmm. So in that first 100. And equity is really big at that point. So when you're thinking in terms of these tech startups, if someone is, let's just say, they have a valid idea, investors are, because there's different kinds of businesses, right, yeah. in tech. Not everyone is trying to scale in, in a particular way, but for those that are, meaning they are going the venture capitalist route, yeah. where they're going to take in outside money in order to grow their business. Mm-hmm. In that outside money, basically what is happening is they're giving up a piece of equity and they're also, so they're giving it up to the venture capitalists okay. is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, to bring people on board for a vision that is evolving, mm-hmm. 
right? So we're not talking like Google. <laughs> you know, the yeah. vision is established. We know they work. Yep. <laughs> Gonna be different there. But for the next Google, mm-hmm. you know, that isn't established, that doesn't have that notoriety, they may be like, you know what? We have people who believe in what we're doing. They believe there can be a 10x, 20x return eventually on what we're doing. Like open AI, maybe. Yeah, You know, where people know about them, but they're not a public company yet. Right, right. But they are doing their early stage of hiring, and they're growing really fast, and people are pouring money into them. So those people that come in, so that 50 to 100, oftentimes, they Mm -hmm. will get the best packages. Yeah. Um, And so if the company does really well, you have your compensation, so you have your annual salary. In addition to your annual salary, you may get, um, let's just for round numbers, you get a thousand shares, right? You get restricted stock shares that are Mm -hmm. basically going to be valuable one day when the company becomes public. Mm -hmm. So some of the companies that I was a part of and even the current one that I'm a part of, they were not public when I first started. Mm -hmm. So that's where I talked about getting in and having that exposure. So yes, a lot of people are trying to get into the big companies, but some of these small tech firms are advantageous. Like it is a way to kind of find out what you're good at, you know, wear a few different hats, have your talent be recognized to go to the next level. Yeah. So the stock is basically where if those thousand shares, once that company goes public, they, you know, ring the bell on Wall Street, you know, they say they're now public and the public gets to basically start to invest in that company. Mm -hmm. As the public is investing in that company, they're giving it a value. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, you know what? I believe that your company is worth $100 a share. I love you're like really (laughs) breaking down all of it step by step. Y'all, this is some really crazy game. Like people will like pay for a class to learn this stuff. Yeah. And I am really simplifying it. So there's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. But so they say that the public, now that they rang the bell on Wall Street, has said that the company is worth $100. So all of the stockholders, like yourself, if you got in there, your stock, your $1,000 shares are now worth $100 per share. And then your company will typically assign a vesting schedule to that. Most companies is four years. So if I could stop really quickly. So when you say the $1,000, so someone put $1,000 into it and then the stock is worth $100, mm-hmm. essentially, are you saying that that $1,000 would turn into $100,000? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> let me know. Like, because, okay, and so, but there's there's more to learn there. Okay. There's a strike price, right? Okay. So, like, if I got it before my company went public, just as an example, if I got mm-hmm. it, I'm sorry, I'm hitting the microphone, but if I got it before the company went public, mm-hmm. and at the time the pump company went public, it was deemed that the stock would be probably, the guess is, it's going to go out at 50. Okay. Right? That's the guess. That's the professional is guess. Is that what it's called when they're shorting it? Not really shorting it. It's basically a value that's being placed on the stock pre-IPO. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Right? And so then it goes out and ex- exceeds expectations. Mm. That's where you get to the hundred dollars. It yeah. exceeded the expectations of what they thought. They usually will give it a range. They can never give an exact amount, but there's a range. Like, yeah. oh, we think it's gonna probably based on your total addressable market, your TAM. So mm. how many customers can Cyrus get? We mm. believe that Cyrus's business is a global brand. Mm-hmm. There's no part of the world that he cannot touch Mm -hmm. that gives you a larger total addressable market right yeah because you're not limited to just this region so you can get more clientele more customers exactly and so that kind of company has (laughs) more 
people interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so at any rate, so you have that, you have the stock, it gains the value, you have the vesting. They're not going to give it all to you at once because they don't want you to run out of there. Mm. So they typically will say, we'll give you 25% per year. So every year you get 25% of your thousand shares that you can actually sell at whatever the current price is. Yeah. So. Yo, that's, that's incredible. Look, y'all, y'all, that was some game. I hope y'all were taking notes on all yeah, those people pieces she said. People are using it to buy houses, cars, start businesses, send kids to college, yes. you know, invest, buy property. Yeah. They use it for all this kinds of things. This is the game. Like, uh, many people, they get in at a company, and with that equity, when the company goes public, I've seen plenty of people walk away with tens of millions of dollars from them just working at a company, but they got in at the company at a great time and were paid not just in their salary, but within that equity as well, or stock, op or not stock options, but just overall equity. I don't want to start getting uh, specific. Yes. Somebody in the comments is going to jump in. Well, that's yes. not the technical term. Technically, stuff like that's yes. going to happen. Uh, yes. So look, um, so much more I wanted to talk to you about, but uh, this piece is really important. I know yeah. the audience cared about this a lot. Uh, is the you're part of an organization that's hiring for diversity. Uh, excuse me, you're part of an organization that is partnering and working with companies that are hiring for diversity. More looking for diverse talent. Okay, so, looking for diverse talent. Yeah. All right, so can you explain what that is? Because yeah. I know a lot of people are very interested in that. Uh, can you please explain what that is and how the audience can kind of like jump in or, or, or take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. So again, like I was talking about with... Um, uh, George Floyd, lots of companies, not just the company that I work for, lots of companies put together a DEI program, so diversity inclusion or equity and inclusion, mm -hmm. which is to basically try and find more diverse talent. Mm -hmm. So we all know at the top what it looks like, right? Yeah. It's like, how do we find more people that, you know, reflective of, let's just say the United States, mm -hmm. you know, to come in to occupy these roles and then one day be promoted into other roles. So that effort is underway now in a lot of organizations. And I will say so we are early in doing it. We have been pursuing it. I'm oh, a wow. part of an employee resource group who is very passionate about that work and, you know, really going, we got friends, you know, exactly. <laughs> they're talented yes. and they could do these jobs, you know, look here, look there. So we are having to lend our voice to inform some of these corporations like here, go look here, go look yeah. at these alumni associations or in these spaces to find talent. Yeah. So as well as just, you know, word of mouth telling mm -hmm. people like, hey, you know, check out these companies, you know, to try and to get in. They're always looking for the qualified candidates. So, of course, like I said, you have to have some qualifications. Mm -hmm. But I think that we are in more of a space today where people are willing to take a chance on people mm -hmm. and they are willing to look at the diverse range of uh, responsibilities that you've had to see how you could grow in a new space. 